0: Octavia's Parables, our podcast where we are reading Octavia E. Butler's classical texts, one chapter at a time. We are currently in Mind of My Mind, Book Two of the Patternist Series, in Part Two, Chapter Seven. And I'm here, your co host, Adrienne Marie Brown, with
1: Toshi Regan,
0: the one and only. And Toshi, before we jump into this, I wanted to see how you are feeling. You have just completed the parables season for 2022. Yeah. What's coming up next?
1: Well, first of all, I I feel great. And I'm so grateful to all of the presenters that, you know, hung in there with us. We had some postponements this year. We we come in to see y'all in Champaign-Urbana next year. And all of the people that came out, we... We did 11 shows, and over 13,500 people came to see us.
0: Okay, wow. Come
1: through, and then... Talk
0: about sold-out crowds, okay? Uh,
1: so grateful, and really grateful to you. You showed up twice and surprised the people yeah. with the post-show talk. It was like really everything. And so I'm just sitting in that and feeling it and being, being grateful and... Um we don't have any more shows this year but next year we'll next spring we'll be we'll be back at it and um Awesome. So I'm grateful for that as well. I'm heading to mm-hmm. Wesleyan and remember when I did the podcast with you and your sister and I was like my next show is going to be a disco show and <laughs> I
0: never forgot about it. I always <laughs> think remember the disco show.
1: Yeah. So we we have a a beautiful residency there. We'll start working on it. Um, you're having too much fun so we're gonna have to kill you is the name of the show and mm-hmm. then then what am I doing war rock sword in September September 17th at La Poison Rouge and I do have a, a great residency a symphony space at near the end of the year in November and mm. um, I'll be doing sacred revolution which is the show where we look at sacred music or texts that really was meant to be revolutionary and evolutionary for the people. And that's, I can't wait to do that. So that's going to be fun.
0: That's going to be very, very fun. Yeah. I love that. Um, what about you? Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Things are really exciting. Mm. I got to do this collaboration with Troy Anthony Burton, who is uh collaborating with me for my musical and I got to go give a sermon at his revival. And the next step is um, there's going to be a residency at the shed mm-hmm. in New York this fall. And just going to have for the first time in my life, people singing songs that I wrote and boom, boom. boom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I'm like full circle. And excited and I can feel it and I can hear it in my mind. So it's it's getting more real by the day. And in the same way, you know, every every kind of creative process is different mm-hmm. and has similarities. Mm-hmm. So there's something like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing, but now the text is starting to really come. Like, I'm like, oh, but. I do know that this needs to happen here and this ritual is going to have to happen here. And this sentence needs to be spoken here. And, you know, stuff just starts to accumulate into form in a way that it always makes me feel so alive and so excited when that starts to happen where I'm like, okay, it's, it's time. Mm -hmm. It's time to, to lean into creating this thing. And I also love the experience which I think all artists know. And I think a lot of people know, I you know, I, was, I think it's like artists and parents know, mm-hmm. where it's like, there's this thing that doesn't exist and I'm going to make it exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's going to exist like yes. beyond me. And I just love that precipice where it's like, okay, I have an idea of what it's going to be like, which it's going to be very different from mm-hmm. when it actually exists, right? Because it'll be a collaborative effort and in formulation with the people in the room and all of that. But the idea is so compelling. (laughs) So I'm, I'm in it. I'm really enjoying that.
1: I'm so happy for you and I'm so happy for your collaborations and your work in progress. I'm going to be there witnessing and cheering you on. I'm really, really, really excited about this. And Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Um,
0: so let's get into this. Yeah. Like Speaking of <laughs> expanding into your pattern and finding your powers. Um, <laughs> 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 Chapter seven. Can you tell us what Mary is up
1: to? Well, I would love to tell you. I also want to tell you like what the Doros of the world are up to because this is our first show in the reality yes. of um, this Catastrophic this Supreme f- Court fifty
0: year regressive moment. Yeah, they're yes.
1: starting their mission and um very mm. very much riding the Doro plane right here. So I I'm I definitely am ready to get into this. And this is chapter seven. This is a really cool chapter. So Mary Mary has gotten Carl to come to her side and to support her. And wanting to pull these, you know, actives together and get them, get them in line. You know, this is basically what Mary is wanting to do. So she's called a a family meeting, you know, and so Carl has to go get Jan because she's still racist and she's not going to listen to to Mary do anything. And um, Doro has to go get Jesse and Rachel and, you know, Seth is cool and, you know, getting and everything, but... There's a lot of friction in the family. So she feels a lot of courage because she has Carl on her side. And she is like feeling, 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 feeling good. So she starts the meeting and she gets everybody into the room and she makes a speech. And apparently Doro gave her a critique on her speech, um, told her that she was blunt, too blunt, too eager (laughs) to threaten and challenge and she thinks he was probably right, but I literally wrote, ha, 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 Doro, because he is for, exactly. he's, he's just like, you know, pulling out his mentor situation. Exactly. It's, it's literally, she's doing exactly what Doro does. So it's just, exactly. You know, so she told everybody, listen up, the pattern is permanent. You're not going anywhere. We are going to be here together. This is what we're going to do. And... She let them know she could kill them if they pushed her, um, but she didn't want to kill them if she could avoid it. And she wants them to accept the pattern. Just get yes. with it. She spoke quietly and she didn't feel she ranted or raved, but she had to say what she had to say. She had to do what she had to do. And they didn't want to believe her. And so they wanted to op- wanted her to open up so they could see for themselves. So mm-hmm. they, all, they all go for a journey and she had not ever done this um deliberately. she has done this for Carl, but not for so many people to be yeah. being up in her head. so it was a big deal. I actually didn't really understand this, but she can be shielded at all times. It's nothing for yes. her it yeah it's this is she's such an elevated being, and yes. as this as this book continues from here, we really start to see. Really, how how expansive she is, but the other actives can't shield all the time, and it's it's actually annoying. It's like yeah. you know she describes it like they're walking around with blindfold and earplugs, and so they they can't do that. So she lets them all go in and see that she's telling the truth, that she's not intentionally holding them, that this is what the pattern is, and all of their lives are going to be changed. However, Jesse Jesse. Um, decides to go a little bit further than he was supposed to. And when he does that, she gives Jesse a leg cramp. And so Jesse's like, ow, you know, (laughs) because it hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine the power to just give people leg cramps when they're bothering you? (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay, I shouldn't. I definitely should not have that skill.
0: <laughs> no, we. Uh, no, I was like, well, we're gonna get to this. We're oh, gonna talk about it. I'm like, oh dear. No,
1: I can't have that skill. I gotta just be quiet and <laughs> and and breathe. That's what my special power is gonna be. So, um, created that. <laughs> yes, I am. Mm-hmm. So she gives him the 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 leg cramp, and basically, she's able to do it. She says a lot about it, but I'll just get to it is, is she's experienced the leg cramp. And so when she experienced the leg cramp, she was like, oh, I can I can give this to anybody. <laughs> so yeah. Jesse actually deserved it. And while the people were leaving her mind, Rachel decided to have a little private conversation and basically was like, don't think you can handle me like this. And she's like, no, you know, of course not.
0: And this is all this is all like- inside. Yeah. In telepathic conversation, like, yeah, that's just a norm for them now.
1: Yeah, she's like, don't think you could do this. And she's like, you know, the only way I can handle you is by killing you. (laughs) So Mary Mary has, you know, if y'all remember, first time she was talking to them, she was very nervous. She was like, Doro Mm -hmm. this, Doro that. And that's over. Mary is like, listen, I could have broken his leg, so he needs to get it together. And Jesse is... As uh, y'all remember, when Jesse gets in the fights, he really is like, no, I have to win. And so he gets back up, and he starts to heifer, and Carl just stands between him and says, you really want to do this, because you know what can happen. And Jesse is just glaring at her, and it's basically like, why can't we just kill her? Like, let's get together, everybody, all of us together at the same time. Let's kill her. I want to remind you all that Doro is sitting... They're watching all of this. Like yes. he's a witness. He's, he's being quiet, but he's watching. And just he's like, who's who's gonna stand with me? He's, he's like, this is a revolution. I'm gonna get this. And I
0: see him like a, a young Mel Gibson in my mind. Ah, mm-hmm. like, brave heart. Like, yeah, holding <laughs> heart.
1: We gotta kill Mary. Who's with me? Yeah, kill her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like,
0: okay.
1: And. Uh, <laughs> And so she was she, you know, Mary's just like chilling and she's watching Jesse and she's watching Rachel and she's watching Jesse and she's watching Rachel. And then Seth is like, you seem to be forgetting that Doro is here. And Jesse looks over at Doro and he's kind of like, well, what do you what do you think? And and, and Doro is basically like just an observation and he wants to know what Doro is going to do about it. And Doro is basically like if he tries to to uh kill her, he wasn't gonna stop him. But if he does it, he's gonna have to kill him. Like so it's if he doesn't get it together, he's gotta do what he has to do. So Doro has a big plan. I'm actually gonna read this. And Doro says, You're all powerful people. I wish you weren't in such a hurry to kill yourselves. Alive you could grow into something impressive and worthwhile. All seven of us, said Rachel bitterly. And he says, if you survive as a group, you won't be only seven long. Your numbers are small because I've deliberately kept them small. If you can work together now, you can begin to grow slowly through your own children and through latent scattered around the country who are capable of producing telepathically active children, latents who need only the right mates to produce actives. The seven of you can be the founders and the leaders of a new race. He paused and he glanced at Jesse. For any of you who don't realize it, that's what I want. That's what I've been trying to achieve for thousands of years. It's what I'll be on my way to achieving if the seven of you can stay together on your own without killing each other. I think you can. I think that in spite of the way you've been acting, your own lives are still of some importance to you. Of course, if they aren't, I want to know that too. So I'm withdrawing my protection from Mary and incidentally, I'm releasing her from the restrictions put on her. He glanced at Mary. The rest of you don't know about that. You don't have to. You're free now to behave as intelligently or as stupidly as you like. And in there they're still in shock, Rachel, you want us to spend the rest of our lives here. And he's like, if that's what turns out to be necessary, that's what I want you to do. They want to know about the arrangement. The group is shook, you know, they are totally shook. Like even though Doro is saying all of these things, once he says he's not going to protect Mary, but he's also not going to restrict Mary, you know, people don't seem to understand what that means and what that's opening up and they all blame Mary. They all think Mary has caused all of this. And so again, what if we just kill Mary? Let's just kill Mary, you know? And (laughs) is just like, y'all are dumb, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And again, who's with us? Who's going to do it? And Seth is is like, I'm not with y'all. Like I'm not doing this. I'm not killing her. I'm not doing anything. And, that's a whole conversation. He's just like, I'm not with her. I'm not against her. She hasn't done anything to me. And, and at least not anything that was her fault. And so Seth and Ada and Clay are on his side. And then Jesse, Jan and Rachel are on the other side. And this is like everything in this book happens so fast. It's just like there's no, yeah. this hasn't been a lot of time. This isn't be like years or anything. This is just like yesterday we was here. Today we're here. Today we're here. So they basically are going back and forth. And Carl really tries to interject some sense and just is like, don't you know, you should be careful. Mary could lose control and kill like everybody. Like it's exactly. not like she's been doing this for years and has control over it. Jesse is a dumbass and basically takes that as a challenge and attacks her and then she's got him. It was nothing. She said he was mine, his strength was mine, his body was worthless to me. But the force that animated it was literally my ambrosia power, sustenance, life itself. Mary is like she's high. Like she it's like somebody Mm -hmm. just gave her some something that has taken her to another level of existence. And she says it feels so good. Like it feels awesome. And she opens her eyes and she doesn't even know when she shut them. She doesn't even know how she got Jesse. Like it just it was so automatic and so behind her. So, you know, Rachel is coming through next because that's her man and she don't like Mary and she goes and then that was that was it.
0: Especially not when he's her Ambrosia. <laughs> Wait. She's like, wait. Now you sucking. Stop. <laughs> oh my god. No, thank
1: you. Rachel's like, get, get let my man go. You know,
0: she's like, get my man out your mouth. <laughs> so yeah. Of your brain. <laughs> oh, okay,
1: uh, we're having fun with this, but you know, she snapped. I mean, but he's dying. He's so he's dying. Okay. He's he's she she has him. And she yeah. has Rachel. And Rachel, yeah. she's more aware of how she did it now because she's yeah. she sees, like, it slows down a little bit for her. So Rachel yeah. is freaking out. She can't really do anything. She's struggling. She's struggling. Um uh, Mary's trying to calm her down, and she's like, he's dead. You killed him. And he's not dead. He's just, like, he's there, you know? And so... She is like you don't have to do anything, and she lets Rachel go. She, but she takes energy from both of them. And
0: well, and also I think Rachel, because Rachel starts planning in her mind. Mm-hmm. This is all happening like so fast. Mm. I always feel like I have to like slow mo, like myself slow down in slow motion. Octavia scenes. Yep. But Rachel looks at Mary and is like, "I'm going to put a good sized blood vessel." That's in. right. And rupture it in her brain. Like, she's planning how she's going to kill Mary. And Mary's like, oh, no, baby. Like, Mm -mm. I'm just going to pull some energy from you, get you to sit down and calm the fuck down. Yeah.
1: They don't know. And I think it's like they have been warned, you know, by Doro, Mm -hmm. by Carl, by Mary herself, that, you know, even though she's not aware of what her powers are... They all seem to just show up when she needs them. So it's it's like her consciousness maybe can't catch up with what she's doing, but she's doing it. And yep. she's hand, she handled them very easy and I think that's enough to back everybody else down, you know. And yeah. And also I think it's this thing where, you know, they start to realize how small they are compared to to Mary. And that's what comes up is that she handled them so effortlessly. And Rachel, who is someone used to being in control, used to being the most powerful telepath wherever she goes, has such incredible healing skills and really has like, you know, saved people even as she's taken energy. She is just nobody has handled her like this. So she's a mess. She's crying. She's just She's weak. She's this has never happened to her before, and she's humbled and she's humiliated. And it is such a big deal for all of them to you know understand that thing where your body gets really separated from your your mind and your gift. Yeah, to to, you know, it's it's like they just didn't consider it. Mm -hmm. You know, they just didn't know it's possible and. That this this new thing for Mary, that she can actually draw energy intentionally. And she can measure yes. it. She she took almost yes. everything from Jesse. She didn't take as much from Rachel. Like, yes. what? What? Wow. So wow. this is the way yeah. I ended. Like, you know, Mary is high and feels great. And she is so powerful. And that yes. is chapter
0: seven. Oof, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I feel this chapter, it really activates me. Like feeling this happen for Mary. <laughs> I'm just like, ooh, I want... First, okay, let me start with my first thing, which is what we're seeing here in this chapter are Mary's first leadership moves, mm-hmm. right? So she's like come into, she's gone through this transition. She's been kind of like flailing, but like defaulting to Doro's leadership. And then here we see... She calls this meeting, first leadership move. She chooses to make herself vulnerable to them. That's a leadership move. That's a strategic choice. Mm -hmm. And then she chooses to show her power, right? And then even when she loses track of that a little bit, she still, we can feel her coming into like, oh, I'm in charge. And here's how I want it to be. I don't want to kill you. Thus, I will not. Mm -hmm. That's right. So I want you to reflect as you're listening dear listeners, what was your first leadership move? Hmm. Do you remember it? Hmm. Right? When you first came into your power, your skill set, your understanding of what you could do in a group, or maybe it was in your familial structure, in your school, in some organizing capacity. Do you remember your first leadership move when you first were like, Someone's got to pull this thing together. (laughs) Someone's got to move this thing forward. Someone's got to disrupt this situation. Someone's got to stand up, right? Do you remember what it was? How it felt, right? Did you feel like you knew what you were doing? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Did you feel like kind of what I imagine, like birds stepping out of the nest to fly the first, like everyone says I can do this. (laughs) Right. Let's see what happens, right? Just try to remember that. And then- Notice, if you can, reading this chapter, hearing this chapter, how do you feel about Mary's power mm-hmm. and the leadership choices she's making? Can you put yourself in Mary's shoes? And how does it feel from that place? Like, ooh, you know, it's kind of cool, maybe. I notice that I feel some jealousy mm. of her, right? Some some like, ooh, I wish I had something that tangible you know, she's in a room with wealthy white people, with people who are older than her, with people who, you know, have have brought her to this state. And she's like, I can make sure none of you hurt me. I can actually keep myself safe. I can tell what you're going to try to do to hurt me. Right. All of my self-protective parts of me that have been like looking for boundaries my whole life are like, "Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that feels like it would be so healing. But then I also can look at it from the pattern shoes. You know, the shoes of the other people in that space. Where do you notice yourself falling, right? Are you like, oh, hell no. I can totally see why people want to run from this or this would be comforting. You know, just notice where you are because I really think how people respond to this chapter aligns a lot with how you respond to power in your life. And what might need healing or what might need Mm -hmm. energy in your own life. Yeah. Do you normally fall in the place of critiquing those who have power while resisting everything about it? Do you step into it? Do you misuse it, flail with it? Mm-hmm. What happens? Yeah. I love that she has to open herself to build their trust in what she's saying. Yes. I want people again reflect for yourself. Where have you shared vulnerability to build trust? Right versus power over dominance. You know, many of our structures are built around like we'll keep it secret. Mm-hmm. We'll keep it secret how things are actually working. In this, it's like I'm going to show you. You can actually dig around inside my psyche. Right? Did it feel strategic when you shared vulnerability to build trust in your life or in your leadership? Did it backfire? Yeah. Um. My next question is: Where have you seen Mary's powers before? Right? Mm-hmm. So she is a child of generations that we have been reading about for this past year. So do you recognize how skillfully Octavia is weaving together this DNA, weaving together this superpower DNA, right? What she's able to do with Jesse. Oh, I have experienced that. I know how to create that in someone else. Do you recognize that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I do hmm Yeah. The whole experience of pulling power from another person, getting high off of it. We recognize that. We've been watching Doro do that. He's shown us what it looks like. Yes. So right there, we see Doro and Anyanwu, what it looks like when they're coming together. Do you see other powers starting to show up in her? Do you remember Lyle? you remember... Right. What it looks like to be a tele- telepath, be able to get into someone else's mind, see what they're going to think. Yes. Anticipate. So just see what how much you can map. What is the cartography of Mary's capacity? Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm so into this. I think Octavia is just masterful with what she's all what she's pulling together here and how subtly she does it. And then imagine what would be different in our work if we had such tangible assessments of each other's power. Ooh. Lord of mercy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I watched this and I was like, oh my God. Like I really, really, really think it would benefit us so much to be able to sit with each other and be like, here's what everyone's actually capable of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Both in terms of like the superpower shit they can do, but also in terms of like, the health of their relationship to self, Mm. right? Cause it's like, what's going on with Jesse, what's going on with Rachel, Mary can see that and be like, oh, that's not even about me. Right. There's something, there's stuff that there is going on for each of them. Yes. And from where she's sitting, she's like, I can see that. And now they coming into pattern, part of the dues that they have to pay to come into the pattern is now everyone can see what I can and cannot do. What I am and am not scared of, right? How I work. Yeah. Imagine in your own organizing work what would change. Can you imagine doing this intentionally, beginning to share more of that with each other?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Creating a pattern, sharing your vulnerabilities with each other and your motivations. Ah being able to really assess, yeah.
1: Yeah, question is such a beautiful offering. I just am thinking about, you know, past movements I've I've read about and the things yes. that, I mean, a friend were just talking about, like a civil rights movement and, you know, bless all of the ancestors and the people who are still alive who frontlined during the civil rights. But how much misogyny there was and homophobia oh. and... <laughs> And so yeah. you're like, you know, you're, you're like looking at people's superpowers in the shroud of other oppressions. And so, exactly. you know, and so you, you know, so people are not, people have to compromise their contributions. Like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and do this and you're gonna not acknowledge me because I'm a woman doing it. But, you know, exactly. I'm going to do it anyway. So how much better could it have been done if you could just be who you are? And the yeah. same thing, you know, we all know that that it's it's interesting to contemplate you know justice and freedom and all of these big words and still not be willing to take really a good look at yourself and see where you're actually oppressing and and locking in people's truths uh, that's right every time somebody wants to ask me about like revolutionary, center from youth today and when i say youth i just i'm like everybody 12 between 12 and 30. <laughs> it's like, yes you know yes, yes. and um, what i say is you know they're doing a much better job at inclusivity like they really you know i was like they might not be singing the way you want them to because that's the way you think about civil rights work or justice <laughs> yeah. work it comes with great singing but they, they're doing a lot of heavy lifting to try yeah. and see as you say, like, you know, can you, can you look and see people's power and their, their gifts? Yes. They really, yes. it's not easy.
0: Yeah. You know? No, I mean, I, I actually feel like, you know, there was a brief moment where I was like, oh, I don't know about, you know, I don't know about this. Like, is it too internal? Is it too navel-gazing? But then, you know, and I was like, why are y'all attacking everyone older, everyone who came before? But I was like, actually... This is what this generation has to do because we have to deconstruct the pedestals and the hierarchy Mm -hmm. that get produced. And, you know, we can sit back and talk about analysis on timing, (laughs) right? Um, It's like this is the timing when that is happening in a major way that a lot of movement spaces are really concerned with. Can we name the power dynamics that are happening right here, right now? That's right. And I think that the the next step of that will probably be something, you know, like in this scenario with Mary, it's like, there's actually a system in place. Mm. There's a system that's larger than any of us that is in place that is dictating a lot of our behavior. And can we notice the system and get aligned with each other so that we can figure out how to deconstruct that system? I think that's the same thing that, you know, if I look at the arc of what movement's doing, it's like, first, it was like, Critique the system. Then it was like, hold on, we're embodying the system. Let's mm-hmm. critique ourselves, critique each other. Mm-hmm. And then I think the next level of aha will be, ah, like all of us together, yes, we embody this and we still need to deconstruct the system. <laughs> you know, right. let's get focused again. So we'll see. So another question I have here, I, I think this chapter is, is one of my favorite chapters that Octavia ever wrote. And part of it is because you're watching this these subtle and not so subtle transitions happening. So I wanna ask you if you've experienced some of these things. Have you experienced moving from a scenario of being the most powerful to being the least powerful Mm -hmm. or significantly less powerful, right? Big fish in the small pond to suddenly moving out into the ocean, Mm -hmm. right? For many of us, you know, leaving our hometown can be this. It's Mm -hmm. like I was the smartest person in Zaza Gabor land, but (laughs) now that I'm in New York City, (laughs) you know, um, everyone was trained in Zaza skills. So um, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to name any towns because I feel like people will just be like, what? Um, but <laughs> have you been humbled by another person's hold on their power?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So I experience this. I always experience this when I meet elder witches. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like, "Ooh, I've got a." you know, pretty good hold on what I'm doing and what I'm moving. And yes. then I'll meet someone. And I'm just like, Oh Lord, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let me just be quiet and learn <laughs> because that person really, really, you know, mm-hmm. has been doing their spells a long time and knows what they're doing and then vice versa. Right. Have you been in a circumstance where you thought yourself the student or the mentee or part of the crowd and then, found yourself stepping into power and maybe surprising those who thought they had it, mm-hmm. challenging those who have been your teachers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, Yoda talked about that as a, the that the goal is that the, the student will surpass the teacher, mm-hmm. right? We want them to outlive us and outgrow us, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of Buddhist and Taoist texts is that like you want it to go beyond you, that's the goal. Yes. But in real loved experience, it can often be a, a violent moment, right? The ego doesn't respond that well to this transition. Mm -hmm. So just check then your own experience. Where have you seen that? Are you on the verge of that in some parts of your life, right? Mm. Is there a place where you could be intentional about stepping into that power or intentional about stepping back? Mm. So just notice all of that because Mary is, she's half intentional and then, you know, she's still so new to it. Yeah. So she's like, here's what I want. Here's my good intention. Right. But she's going to have to attend to impact because she's she's she doesn't even know her whole power yet. Mm-hmm.
1: Right?
0: Now, this question occurs to me, which I think, you know, Toshi, you and I keep going back and forth about the Doroness of this time. Yeah. And how what we're up against in this political environment is that doro energy that wants to drain the world of life mm-hmm. for the sake of its own vision and one of the things that i think gives doro power and gives these all these doro men power is that they're able to think of power at the largest possible scale like they're like oh i want to control the whole world i want to control not just my own impulses but everyone's bodies mm-hmm. i want to control all the world's borders you know right it's like a huge scale of what they're thinking of. So the question I have is, for people who are listening, what do you think the relationship is between the power we can hold and the scale of our vision? Mm. Right. I wrestle with this as someone who's like, I deeply believe in the small scale, but I also believe in the small, as a, still as a throughway to something large, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm like, if the majority of the planet is involved in small scale organizing, then small scale organizing becomes the largest way of being, right. and I think it needs to be the largest way. But you know, my vision is global. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, but it plays out in this small scale. But I feel like a lot of the people who are holding power right now, they hold it just because they were like, we're willing to think nationally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like we're not satisfied with controlling things at our state level. We want to nationally dictate that everyone has to adhere to the rules of our religion. Yeah. Everyone, right? yeah
1: hmm, mm-hmm, I think it's even more more than the national I think I think now that the world view is so accessible, yes, you know, in the way that Mary's like i have I have all of this power, and I don't know how it happened, like it's just happened I was like are are all of these people having meetings and making the same decisions at the same time, and I'm like, no, they have an empathetic you know almost a pattern themselves like you know and without the awareness of so they can just make these decisions and they're they're cycling around the death cult mentality in a global way and each exactly. person wants their peace you know each exactly. person wants their significant peace and wants to be able in their their small universes be the leader
0: and and stand yeah, at, that's what it is yeah it, it's it, and then when they get to that level, then they're like, now I want to fight you. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, fight fight each other,
1: like, you know, because <laughs> yes. we can't because it's the adrenaline of it. And because it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with, like, how much you have because you already have mm-hmm. enough. It's all of the yes. people who have a lot of money, a lot of, you know things of family good jobs yes. you know they have yes. they have they have so much of the world's resources they have access to so much of it the, they have access to the water and access to to everything like so it's not that yes. you know nobody's suffering <laughs> none of these people are suffering no you know one. it's just <laughs> there's happened. no center so like it's the grasp of well we'll use the technology of religion right now to make a point and then oh now we'll use the technology of you know this um, catastrophic yes. pandemic and now we use the technology like they just that's right you know it, of people's grief of people's yes. grief it all ends up in the same you know dead place. you you know, I simultaneously feel great grief. And I also simultaneously feel like I'm jumping on the world's best trampoline and doing somersaults in the air and feel so much freedom. You know, I am not these people, like I actually get to wake up in the morning and look at the sky every day and feel so beautiful and good about it. And I, you know, I understand like, this is what they can do to me. They can be like within the context of our rules, we can take yes. your rights. But as the great Alexis Pauline Gum says, if you believe it <laughs> Yes, exactly I'm like, no, you're not taking my rights. You <laughs> know, like I might get in trouble with you. You might restrict how I can move, but you're not taking my rights. And I think that's
0: Yeah. I think that's that's I mean this is one of the lessons I think that we have the most to learn from our incarcerated comrades, mm-hmm. too. Because I'm like, even in the most shockingly limitating circumstances, which this country is super hooked on creating for each other, some of the most brilliant thinking, brilliant spiritual practice comes from those who have been like, I've been in that circumstance right. and I know freedom even there. That's right. You know, which is not to say let's all run into those cages, but there is something to say. The fight for freedom is worth the cage, every time, mm-hmm. right? It's it's because the freedom is more. It's it's our it's our birthright. It's tr- the true power. Yes, right. I think there's also as like when someone is hooked on accumulation of power, hooked on accumulation of influence, there's something unsatisfiable. That's what Doro is. Doro is the unsatisfiable,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And. Then Anyanwu is the one who's like, oh, I'm very satisfied. (laughs) I'm satisfied right here. Emma now becomes that. And I think the question we have to see is, will Mary become that? Yes. Right? Mary is someone who, you know, she has this connection, this capacity to connect Mm. that is very intriguing. So so Doro and Mary are interesting in this moment too, right? So Doro's like, I'm going to release Mary and I'm going to take off the limits that I've had on on her. Mm-hmm. So there's a way that he's like, I'm still in charge, which I, I doubt at this point. Like, I'm like, I don't think, I no longer think you actually have the control you think you have of Mary. I think you want to still have that. So yeah. you're, there's a bravado to it. But do you think that he thinks he's being strategic? Do you think that he's moving? Is there some fear in Doro at this point? Mm-hmm. There's a cold look that he gives her. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Right? Does he see this as, this is an extension of my power. This is the natural next mm-hmm. step of this experiment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or could Doro lose control in this, mm-hmm. right? It all feels possible. And, you know, I'm always interested in Doro's heart. Like, this might break his heart, right. you know. The fact that he's so vulnerable in that moment. He says, this is what I've been working on for, thousands. you know, thousands of years. I've been working on this. Yeah. So... It's like what's what's happening with Doro's longing here. How do you understand it as the reader?
1: Mm. I have one one thing about yeah. it that was really interesting to me is I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but you know when you're like, this is what my dream is going to be, and then you realize to put together your dream, you're you have to be collaborative, and when you're in this the the struggle of getting whatever you want, once you get it, you're not in charge anymore because you you've had to work with these people and so everybody who you've had to work with has their hands on it and you're like oh now I've been trying to have this and I was thinking that moment that the other people would be like the actors would be like oh Doro has like they've lived through the, the they know about the generations of their family where he's been trying to breed and come up and that they would be like oh if we've arrived to this then yeah. now we know how to do it and we don't have to have so much chaos in our lives around yes. it. But it, it's, it's like dead to them. They don't, they're like, we want to kill Mary. That's
0: right. <laughs> and he's they're like, we must kill her. We must kill we her. We must now. kill
1: Mary. And then he, I feel like gets this little bit of vulnerability of like, wait, I, I actually didn't do this. Like, I've been thinking I've been doing it, but it's all of the people who have been... Okay, yeah, exactly. it's such an interesting moment. They just are like, no, I was, we heard what you said, bro, but we're going to kill Mary. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, what we need to do, though, is kill Mary because, yeah. you know, I think that there's also that move of like, like, we scared of you, Doro, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is how I feel the patriarchy kind of baked into the story. Mm-hmm. Like, we're terrified of you, Doro.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you're releasing Mary, you know, if the, we're going to take her out yes like and maybe that's i think there's also something where i often forget in this story that everyone is still constantly vying for doro's respect and for doro's protection and his love right mm-hmm. they're like she's not our best we can kill her yeah right whatever this is we're not interested in it and so that's my next question actually is where have we seen this particular reaction of killing that which we do not understand mm-hmm. right Where have you seen that politically, historically, in terms of policy? Mm -hmm. Where have you seen that in your own life? Where have you felt that in your own life, the threat of death because you were not understood simply for being, (laughs) and being Mm -hmm. in your power particularly, where your power, the power of you being yourself Mm. creates this kind of reaction? Does it ever come from those who actually have legitimate power?
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. And then finally, where do you see in our world those who can feed off of and even feel high from draining someone else's energy? Where do we see those who nourish themselves on death? Mm. Mhm. Cuz I'm like I love Mary but I also see what's happening here. Yes, right. Right. She's she's gotta be very careful because mm-hmm. she's you know, in Star Wars speak, she's <laughs> she's dangerously close to some dark side. All right, so chapter seven. Mm-mm. It's a banger. It is a banger. It's so good. Octavia's Parables is hosted by myself, Adrian Marie Brown, and my beloved Toshi Regan. We are produced by Kat Aaron with show art from Krista Franklin transcribed by Jess Pinkham and Sarah Rubens-Breen. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at O Parables. We mostly post on Instagram, let's be honest. <laughs> you can find us on patreon.com slash O and become a supporter of this show if you're enjoying it and finding it useful. And transcripts for every episode we do, and uh, they live at readingoctavia.com.
1: Mm -hmm. And music for Octavia's Parables is You Don't Know the Time, written and performed by Toshi Regan And the Sower Song, which uh, is by the cast of Octavia E. Butler's Parable of the Sower Recorded at Memorial Hall, Chapel Hill, North Carolina
0: See y'all next time
1: Bye A sower went out to sow her seed A soul without a soul is well, a soul without A soul without a soul a seal, to soul without A soul a a a a a without a soul.